0: National should be in the lost column. This is Corinne. This is the O The Anthem Podcast.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 331 of the O The Anthem Podcast. Coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us.
0: Yes. Thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way anchor.fm forward slash o the anthem takes you to Apple, takes you to Spotify, takes you to wherever you listen to your podcast. We don't want to judge. We want to make it easy for everybody. So uh, go there and uh, enjoy it at your leisure.
1: And of course, if you're watching live, you're probably watching on facebook.com forward slash o the anthem or over on YouTube, Twitch, or on Periscope, which is how you get there via Twitter. Uh, and you can watch us live on uh, every Monday night uh, via any of those platforms. And of course, you can join us via our Discord channel. If you uh, make a comment or ask a question in any of those formats, it'll pop up here in the Discord or join our Discord and you can uh, chat with us all week long in between the shows. Indeed, indeed. All right. So jumping up off the top, let's just get right into it. Uh, Our first topic, I I was going to say I was a supporter of this organization. And the fact of the matter is, I was actually a card-carrying member of this organization for... Oh, that's right. You
0: you talked about this before. Uh,
1: I used Mm. to be very conservative. Uh, (laughs) And even now, uh, I mean, I've been basically everything, but I think this was during my libertarian years. Mm. Uh, Back before, um, we knew that we had to look into the organizations that we uh, gave money to, I guess. But that's why we're here today, aren't (laughs) we?
0: Exactly. Uh, So for people who listen to podcasts, and I would assume you are one of them because you're listening to this right now. Uh, There is a great podcast you need to check out. It's called Gangster Capitalism. And their most recent season was breaking down the NRA. And I have to imagine that somebody at the New York Attorney General's office was listening to it as well as I was because uh, charges basically came down that uh, New York is investigating whether or not uh, the NRA can still operate as a uh, nonprofit in New York State, which would be problematic for the NRA in a lot of different ways. Uh, but in addition to everything, this is a legal fight that the NRA has to fight on top of a lot of other issues that are going on, sort of behind the scenes that people don't know about.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, so uh, there has been some instability within the NRA anyway. Uh, I think you made a great uh, great metaphor, which I don't think we should repeat, just because I'm not trying to make enemies with uh, people here in Los Angeles, but— uh, <laughs> The leader of an organization died. Yeah. Maybe he's a prophet. Maybe he's not. Right. And the second in command basically has to do what is necessary to concentrate power amongst himself. Right. That's what Wayne LaPierre has been doing.
0: Yeah. Wayne LaPierre has done a lot like this untold person who, after the death of the prophet-like figure, went up on stage and said that the body became a detriment to the prophet-like figure and he Mm -hmm. had to expel himself of it. But his spirit lives on. But in the meantime, I'm going to run everything and I'm going to lock my wife away in Riverside, California, never to be seen again.
1: Uh, much like the <laughs> NRA, gold, everything. <laughs> Just so much gold and so many very sharp and bases,
0: suits. too. On top of that, yeah. gold and bases. Oh, man, yeah. They
1: have a lot. Hmm. Yeah. I'm formulating a conspiracy there. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, something uh,
0: tells me I won't lead Tucker Carlson. It's too, probably it's not too now. close
1: to the chest. Uh, <laughs> they both like bow ties. It? It's not going <laughs> to go well for you.
0: Needless, uh, needless to say, uh, basically what had been happening here in the NRA for a little while is that uh, when you have a nonprofit or not-for-profit, you can only have so much go to the overhead, to the pain of the executive board, that sort of thing. And for people who are trying to make a quick buck, like the people who are working in the NRA, uh, that's not enough money. Uh, now, wait, wait.
1: Let's let's be clear, though. Yes. We're not saying you have to work for minimum wage to be the CEO of a nonprofit. No, no, no. no, no. no I, if
0: you're the president of the NRA, I think you, you can make a very substantial, like, 80 grand a year,
1: like, for a not-for-profit. That's a pretty... Mm. I, I think the number... I, I want to say that the... I think it's higher, but I The I, limit I wanna... is a percentage of the money you take in. That's the limit. And Wayne LaPierre does take less. Yes. But he takes less because of the reason we're about to talk about. Well, yeah. So
0: basically uh, what what the uh, gangster capitalism season had most recently been digging up was the NRA's relationship with their marketing uh, company, which was Alexander McQueen. Uh, And basically there's a whole bunch of family strife going on because uh, uh, one of the members of Alexander McQueen is like married to. Wayne LaPierre's sister, was, I can't remember all the details, but there's like a, there's a family issue going on here at the top, which has Always. caused a friction and a break and That's caused all this stuff to get out. Those are the best uh, things
1: because it's when the infighting happens that it's like, oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Here's some documents, Washington Post, that it might be interesting to you. And it's uh, one of those uh, cut off your nose despite your face situations. It's right. Like, Dude, you are also taking money. Why would you want to draw any attention to this? Yeah. All right. Well, so, I mean, like a lot of it is just that uh,
0: basically when you're a not-for-profit, you have to report how you spend your money. But uh, when you are spending it on marketing costs, you don't have to uh, itemize what you're spending it on. And, not, so, and it's
1: not just marketing. There are there are bucket categories. that right. You can be like, okay, so I don't want this guy to have to report to me every dollar that's spent. You're spending money on marketing for the NRA. Great. Travel... Is not one of those things. Right. Travel needs to specifically be tied to a reason to go and a person who's going and how they got there. Funny thing is, there's a way around that apparently. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so much of the allegations of, of wrongdoing by the NRA involve uh, the NRA basically bought a house for Wayne Lapierre. Uh, <laughs>
1: also, something you have to report. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: they uh, there's these you know million dollar trips to Bermuda and you know places of the like. Obviously, there's like hunting trips that go on as well. Uh, No, wait, Corey, Corey. To which some of that they would probably argue is like part of the operation cost for the uh, NRA TV stuff that they do. Because like if if they put, if they have a picture of Wayne with a gun out in the middle of the safari, Instagram. That's they can spend two hundred million (laughs) dollars on this whole thing as long as they got that picture at the end of it. That's how it works. Uh, But yeah, uh, this whole thing is. uh, crazy, <laughs> <I> mean, illegal, <laughs> like just generally speaking, like can, is obviously like uh, not the way that a charitable organization should be run.
1: So and and agreed, the morality of it is terrible. Yeah, and I think we've discussed before. Uh, I am not a donate. I don't donate to Susan G. Susan G. Komen. They've had the same allegations that like 90% of the money that's donated to them goes to raise more money, Mm -hmm. not to actual research. Um, Right. The ALS Ice Bucket Challenge that was a few years ago, people were saying, don't donate to these organizations. There's a specific group that is like, we spend 95% of it on research. Right. That's why you don't know who we are, but that's where we should direct donations at.
0: And and in the past, I feel like I've, I've said about PETA, like, I would rather donate my money elsewhere if it's if i'm trying to donate it for the cause of you know animal cruelty or anything preventing animal cruelty not pro-animal <laughs> obviously good clarification uh, <laughs> i don't want that's why you go to the NRA. I didn't, want p- <laughs> I didn't want p to be plagued as the animal cruelty group um but the, yeah i mean like it's just i feel like your dollar goes goes more to different organizations yeah and right now the nra uh until, you know, like, it, it's an innocent until proven guilty situation, but this is a pretty huge amount of evidence being laid upon them, of which they haven't really had any response to. And I'm, I am I, I need to hear something from them before I, I, I'm ready to throw in the book on them, but uh, it's, it's not looking good for them being a charitable organization going forward.
1: Well, and, and that is the problem. Like, morality aside, uh, no one is accusing, again, PETA, Susan G. Komen, any <laughs> of these organizations of... Not spending the money. Corruption. Correctly. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's like, the difference. And I guess so that begs the question, what is the impact of the outcome of this lawsuit in New York? And why is it so important?
0: Well, so by my understanding, if I remember correctly, there, you know, a lot of states sort of run their charity organizations or that the, the validation of whether or not an organization can be considered a charity based off of uh, the acceptance of them in other states. So, It's the type of thing that you wouldn't be in trouble unless you're in trouble in one state, and then it can all of of a sudden uh, become a lot of states that become... So if they lose their ability to operate as a nonprofit in New York, then they also lose it in 25, 30 other states just because they lost it in one state. Yeah. So this one thing can be a very big detriment to them being able to to operate going forward.
1: I I think we've talked about before that some states like Texas, California, New York have such substantial state level uh, organization, yeah. laws, and not a lot of states, not all states, have that. It's just like uh, California could be its own country because almost near, nearly every federal law has a California law that is its peer. Yeah, Texas is very much the same way when it comes to finances. New York is very much the same way, right? Uh, because so much financial work is done there, and a state like Massachusetts, Maryland, North Dakota, that doesn't have the money to say we're going to spend this much on regulation of finances says, well, if New York, who we know spends that money. (laughs) Right. Says who who knows what's up. We're going to accept that, too. Yeah. And then when you have California or Texas, why are we going to spend the money when New York already spent the money to check you out? Yeah. And New York, by the same token, if California's checked you out. Well, they already spent the money, so you're good. But if you lose it in one of those places, that can become problematic.
0: Yeah, and, and going forward, the, the, the concern uh, here would be whether or not the NRA is going to have the money to properly fight the, or represent themselves in court here because so much of the allegations that is going on about the corruption also is raising a portrait of a organization that is running on no money. <laughs> like, is basically... Uh, trying to launder all this money into homes and clothes and trips and stuff like that because they're about to be out of money in
1: general. So and it's getting a little pyramid schemey where it's like, if we don't have money coming in, we cannot function. Right. This is a, uh, it's not a pyramid. It's a um, Ponzi scheme yeah, 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 where you only keep operating so long as you have stuff coming in. And then eventually it falls apart and somebody runs to Bermuda. Wait, where did you say that they took a trip to? Was it? Oh, I can't
0: remember exactly I think it was, it was. Bermuda. Yeah, something maybe, like that.
1: Maybe, they, maybe that was a practice run. Like, how much <laughs> can we get going to Bermuda? Uh, but, yeah, it, it just gets to the point where these organizations, and I guess it's just corruption in general. Um, I, I go back to the same thing I think I've said before, uh, bad education, the example that they use now where he yeah. like, starts out with a, a slice of pizza, and it's a bagel, and next thing you know, you buy Corvette, and it's your house, and then it's vacations, and you're just – it builds and builds and builds and you don't realize how much it is until someone starkly puts it in front of you. Like the podcast that broke it down and showed how many millions it actually is. See,
0: but I mean like that that's the problem is that I don't think that we're in a, a slice of pizza here, a coffee there situation yeah. because you know there the, the some of these allegations which are already out there and you can you can find easily, uh, for instance, Google Wayne Lapierre, Beverly Hills. <laughs> like, you know, fashion trip, basically, or whatever. Yeah. You'll find a story about how he spent, you know, half a million dollars, basically, on expensive clothes when he was in Beverly Hills at Rodeo Drive, and all of that money w- went back to Alexander McQueen, which paid for... All the for, receipts Yeah, to Alexander McQueen. Right, because, you know, he needs to wear a suit that yeah. he's going to wear at the NRA annual convention, and that's, you know, that's for business attire, so he's obviously... not buying off the rack. I right, mean, I mean, like, he can't look like an idiot. Like... If it's not Brooks Brothers, then all the people with the, you know, cut-off sleeve shirts and the uh locker up yeah uh sweatshirts are gonna gonna look at him funny, so.
1: And by the way, uh if you guys don't know what La Pierre uh Wayne LaPierre looks like, if there's a guy who could buy off the rack, it's Wayne La <laughs> He's basically a square. He just his body is basically just a square and uh it's the perfect model for a business suit. It's just like, it perfectly hangs off his shoulders. He's kind of
0: like, so people who've never seen him before, he's kind of like Bizarro Rod, Rod Rod Rosenstein. Yes. Like he's kind of like the evil twin version of Rod Rosenstein. The hair
1: hasn't yeah. gone back quite so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, still a little forward. Yeah. yeah,
0: but he looks more dastardly. Like yes. he, He's got like, a, 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 like a, a...
1: Which is saying something for Rod. <laughs> he's a, if you're the evil well i mean like
0: rod rosenstein looks like the most unassuming guy like <laughs> but he like, is actually evil and then yeah, well, you but get the I, evil <laughs> version
1: of him and maybe it's good wait wait, maybe we've judged this all wrong maybe the, the one have we seen them in innocent. the same place at the same time is this is this possible
0: is are they the same person is this
1: <laughs> who knows um is wayne lapierre
0: slash rod rosenstein really busy <laughs> Well is they is are a, is this how fucking internet conspiracy started, yes, I on started event. one, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, according they, they, to they, according to a host and a the podcast,
1: they're the same people. They're both conservatives. They yeah. both like their guns, yeah, and they've never both been in the live same in room. the general area of d c. yeah, never been in the same room at the same time. yeah, I gotta look into this. Mm. It's,
0: <laughs> it's an OTA investigative <laughs> report coming up. <laughs>
1: All right. Now, how can we make this a 501C4 so we can fly you to D.C. and have somebody else? Play uh,
0: play? Let's be honest. I ain't getting on a fucking plane.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get to your. Uh, I don't care how much money laundering we do. I'm not getting on a plane. <laughs> we'll get to your update on uh, COVID in just a bit. Before we do that, though, uh, a big story happened. And here's the thing. Time has no meaning. Uh, I don't want to spoil uh Corey's palm springs review which everyone should check out yeah and i have one coming this week for palm springs but uh covid quarantine is a bit like palm springs it's just always today it (laughs) there's a tomorrow gonna be a lot like today and there was a yesterday a lot like today yeah um so at some point last week was it tuesday I think we woke up on Tuesday to it. And it it had happened. Yeah,
0: Yeah. if I remember correctly. But the the explosion in Beirut, uh, uh, of basically we know that there were fireworks being held in that location, and that's sort of like what set it off, and then the explosion came from some combination of that. I mean, obviously Trump uh, put out some sort of, I don't know if it's a terrorist attack or not, which was very... (laughs) I haven't seen anything confirming or denying
1: that, but it seemed like a kind of aggressive thing to tweet out when nobody knew anything. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was a (laughs) Middle Eastern country and there was an explosion. I think the only thing he knows about Beirut, Lebanon is that at one point when he was actually richer than he is now, there was also an explosion in Beirut, Lebanon, and Americans were impacted by that in some Mm. way. Um, but since that's all he knows, right, right, it's right. natural to assume. But uh for those of you who may not have seen the news, I don't know how you avoided it. Um there was an explosion at the port of Beirut in Beirut, Lebanon. If you're unfamiliar where that is, uh let me give you some geographical coordinates. Uh if you can picture in your mind where the Mediterranean Sea meets the Red Sea. That is a country called Egypt. Hopefully you know where that is. Uh and then just north of the that junction is uh Israel, which is a pretty familiar city or a pretty familiar country. Just north of that is a country called Syria, which we've become way more familiar with since the battle against ISIS, ISIL, however you want to call it. Um, To the east is Jordan, and then from there, Iraq. And then, but between Syria and Israel is this sliver of a country right up against the coast. That is Lebanon. Yes. And it's infamous because we sent American troops into Lebanon during the civil war in the eighties. And, uh, I almost said Mujahideen. It's not the Mujahideen. It's the, um, uh, the group that is now part of the Palestinian government. They've made the transition from like, Oh yeah. Acknowledged terror. Hamas. Yeah. Hamas, uh, which was a terrorist group, but now has been brought into the government process. So it now operates as part of the government. Um, funny. Um, it's, it's, I can see, again, I, one of the things that we were talking about before the show started was just about how, um, bringing people, you're outside the process and how like, there's this, all this stuff going on outside, but real, realistically, a lot of the violence stopped by just being like, Hey, you want to, do you want to come just have a say in what we're doing? Right. And then they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then they put up electors, they elected some people. And now it's basically like, I mean, they're still on uh, categories of, um, uh, terrorist groups, but that's because nobody west of the Mediterranean has any idea what's going on in the area, but nonetheless, Hamas blew up a bomb at the U.S. embassy in uh, Beirut. Uh, Four American Marines died, and then we basically pulled out of Beirut, Uh, because Ronald Reagan only fights battles he can win, like against (laughs) the country of Grenada. If you know where that is, there's no way I can explain it to you if you don't know (laughs) where it is. It's a very small island that had no military that we invaded for reasons that were unclear. Most likely because we had to pull out of Lebanon. Right. right. Yeah. Anyway, so there is a port there, Beirut. Uh, there was a firework storage facility there. And I'm going to say I'm not an expert on Lebanon, but uh, I do know some people who are from Lebanon. And my understanding of the situation is there has been a general upheaval, a second Arab Spring or the impacts of the Arab Spring in Lebanon. And they're going against a government that is just overall super corrupt. Yeah. And the way that I put it to Corey is, let's say that there was a tax at the port of Beirut and said, if you're bringing in something dangerous, we're going to tax you 10% of the value so that we can keep up on safety precautions. And then they pocket the money and they don't do anything about safety precautions. And then the one place where you would really want safety precautions, like say a fireworks factory explodes because they haven't been improving the safety precautions. And for those of you who are watching the video on YouTube, you can see beside me over here that there is a side-by-side of an image of what the port looked like before and what the port looks like now. And I've been making this argument that humans have an inability to mentally see big pictures and big numbers. We can't comprehend yeah. big things. And I couldn't find it, but I think I shared it to you earlier this week. That if we put this area over Los Angeles right what the impact would be
0: like at the center of the blast was at Santa Monica
1: at the Santa Monica pier windows would have been blown out for you yeah in downtown LA because fate we face West here right so the windows would have been blown out here and then places like Koreatown would have had serious damage to buildings and then places even further west like Beverly Hills would have been flattened and just to think about that scale and again for those of you in Maryland you have No concept of I really what that is. If you've been in downtown Baltimore, though, imagine that it'd be like if you know fucking you. uh, If there was an explosion at the Inner Harbor and in
0: Cockeysville, the windows blew out. That
1: is essentially how far. I mean, imagine just like everything of Charles Street flattened. Yeah, (laughs) all the way up to that light that the light that's at uh, the county city line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That light I hate because I think we caught it every single time we went through. (laughs) But basically, that's where. Building damage turns into blown-out windows. Right. And we just have no way to conceptualize how much that is. And surprisingly, few people died. Still, the death count is not really known. But
0: The injuries are significant, though. And that's, Injuries that, are significant.
1: Yeah. And it, it's basically shining a light on the fact that this government is not somewhat corrupt. It's very corrupt. Yeah. And they've been taking a lot of money. So a follow-up to that story was today. And that was that the government— uh, and by government, I don't mean the President or the head of the Parliament or a few guys in the cabinet, but essentially, the leader of Lebanon, who's now in the picture over here next to me, came forward and was like, So we're all going to step down, yeah, the entire government stepping down because essentially they were worried, I think about one, a revolution happening, like what has happened in Arab Spring and other places, but also they were worried about being removed because by law, if you're removed, you can't run again. And now what they want to do is to step down so they can run again. Right. And I think this is going to be a continuing story uh, because this the stepping down seems like one thing to me that's like, um, how did you, you put it in a previous episode, like a, a pressure valve. You're looking to like let off just enough pressure so that the thing doesn't blow. Yeah. But hoping that, oh, in six months we'll hold elections. Nobody will remember. They'll elect us again and we'll be back in power and, yeah, and corrupt yeah, yeah, yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and it'll be remains to see. Also, Syria, old Syria, had a big influence in Lebanon. Israel tried to have a big influence in Lebanon. So now there's a power vacuum, and how's that going to play? And will Hamas come back? Will Syria be there? Will Iran come in? And um, there's just a lot of stability issues. Well,
0: like I like I was saying earlier, I, I think this will make a really compelling New York New Yorker long read in. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> In a short period of time. And you know what
1: could really help us in this situation? What's that? A leader in the White House who would be a leader on the global stage to step forward and say things like, we stand with the people of Lebanon. We are sending aid, any aid that we can. And, you know, literally anything other than we're not sure if it's a terrorist attack or not. Which boy, I think is all he said thus far. Boy, Mister, where do we get one of those? Uh, Canada's got a pretty good one. Can we par theirs? Uh, Mexico's not doing too bad. I, would take I don't it know theirs. how well
0: the Trudeau's would run in in the states.
1: Mm, that name sounds pretty foreign to me. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be good.
0: It's one of those. It works in Canada. It Doesn't really work here. It doesn't really. It doesn't really play south of the border.
1: <sighs> Unfortunately, not. So we're left in the situation where instead we have two 70 year old white guys running against each other and. Yeah. The big political story of this election isn't Bernie versus uh, Biden. It's not the close race heading into the convention. It's which 70-year-old man are you going to vote for? And currently right now, which person of color likely, which woman of color, is one of the 70-year-old white men going to choose?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think Trump's <laughs> sticking with Pence. I feel like if there was a move, Trump would have done that already. <laughs> And just to be uh, clear, the
1: uh, the white man in the image next to Corey is Biden, not to be <laughs> confused with the other old white men, which would be Trump and Pence, literally yeah. everyone else in this election. I mean, that
0: basically Biden. looks like Pence there. It, that, I mean, the hair I, is I, awfully white.
1: As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, damn, that looks like Pence. It doesn't look like <laughs> Biden.
0: Uh, though there has been sort of like backroom chatter about whether or not Trump uh, gets rid of Pence and replaces him with... Uh, uh, I think Nikki Haley was on the list of, like, people that might be Trump running mates if they got rid of Pence, but I, I don't I, I don't see what the point is at this point. And coming know?
1: into the—I mean, now would be a time right before the convention, or pull the Nixon and just dump him right after you uh, inaugurate, ask him I to step down yeah. and bring somebody mm-hmm. else in. Yeah, you so. could do it that way. Yeah. Um, oh, but then you got to get the Senate to confirm him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck.
0: <laughs> Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. Oh, God. i know i know i ruined it for you i ruined it for you you were thinking about how you get a democratic senate and then i ruined it for you how does it feel wonderful great all right so
1: we we wanted
0: to touch on this uh because we were hoping that we would actually be able to say biden picked somebody today but that's not how it works so instead of what we're doing is our one final run at this hopefully where uh, the, the, the running mate power rankings have basically been brought down to five names. Uh, missing on this list is Elizabeth Warren, which uh, was my top choice uh, a couple weeks ago when we first talked about this. Um, but basically where we sit right now is Karen Bass at five, Tammy Duckworth at four, uh, fucking Gretchen Whitmer at gotcha. three. I was like, what is her fuck- first name? Uh, Susan Rice at two, and Kamala Harris at one. So uh, Kamala seems to be the chosen one at this point. Like every every list I see, like basically says, like, well, if it's not Kamala Harris, it'll probably, you know, like,
1: yeah, apparently there's a lot
0: of like assumptions that she's in the the pole position at the moment.
1: She apparently has made a very public trip to Delaware, but she also may have made another private trip to Delaware. Yeah. And apparently there have been meetings both in D.C. and in California with members of the. his well, community to pick someone and
0: so. i mean most of you know like what what you know is that the seriousness of a candidate is going to depend on whether or not joe actually wants to like meet them in person yeah <laughs> like you know if you don't get to the point where you actually get to meet the candidate then you're not that serious of a choice i i would say so i mean you know that that adds some to you know like we've heard about harris meeting we've heard about whitmer meeting uh, I, I think there's been conversations with Bass, but I don't know if there's ever been a face to face.
1: So again, she she had a meeting with the uh, committee. Yeah, uh, and I can't remember the name uh, the name of the guy who is heading the committee.
0: Um, but I mean, if you're in D.C., it's not that hard to sneak away to Delaware. So yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe did it every single day. Yeah. So, and not sneak away. He yeah. rode the train <laughs> home to Delaware every single day. Sorry. But he I think, snuck away on the excella The interesting like a snake in the night. <laughs> The interesting thing to me is, uh, you know, we, we've heard a lot about, uh, him moving in a direction and I forgot to mention on our list here, but there was, uh, an announcement today from 30, I think black leaders who said it needs to be a person of color. It needs to be not just a woman, but a woman of color, preferably a black or Brown woman who you nominate. It, yeah. You need to now at this time, step up and do the brave thing. And to do anything else is uh, shirking responsibility. Yeah. But, uh, my understanding and come I mean, correct me if I'm wrong Gretchen Whitmer though is a white woman to the best of my understanding yes. I think so <laughs> so it I see the list of 5 there are four women of color here why is Warren not where Where happened where did she fall off this list I mean I something
0: tells me that that Biden's aim at this point he's he's trying to think of this decision strategically yeah so it's not so much about Uh, Who do I pick that might necessarily be the best for the the ideal form of government we have going forward? But what gives me the most opportunities to win as many states as humanly possible? So I think that there's a uh, while we've sort of argued there's sort of like a token nature of the the way that this process is played out and the idea of floating uh, potential black women as VP even though Biden had said it's going to be a woman. A woman, yeah. Uh, the the sort of like, you know, it, it it just feels so much like people are trying to decide on who they want based off of the qu- the qualities of the person rather than the quality of the work that the person has necessarily done. Yeah. And there's some incredibly, well, you know, every single one of these women on the list, I, I would say probably with Karen Bass being my least... Likely to to uh, pass on that way, yeah, uh, are all worthy of being a presidential figure. I, I wouldn't worry about the country in their hands, kind of thing. Um, just none of them really like. What I like about Elizabeth Warren is that she's so authentic. She can't help it, and people might not like her for her views, but yeah. you can't question how how she gets to them. She's very logical and she's very smart and the I've got a plan for that is great for somebody who is going to be the the means by which you get legislative agendas from the executive branch to the Congress and to the Senate. And like you have to be the you have to be the person who has the relationships on the hill to make things
1: work. Let's look back. Why did Obama pick Biden? Relationships on the hill to get yeah. stuff done. Why did Bush pick Cheney? Relationships on the hill to get stuff done. Clinton and Gore. Uh, I guess it wasn't so Dan Quayle was a congressman at one point, I think, or senator, Something like that. Um, I, I think with with the uh, with Gore, he was a senator
0: in Tennessee. Yeah, and was it Tennessee? Yeah, or? it was Tennessee. And yeah. it,
1: they wanted two southern guys. That was that well. Was, the was other thing strategy. was
0: you know like Clinton was outside, uh, Gore was inside. Yeah, like you know like the the, the idea that you have to. Uh, And, you know, even when Obama ran, there was sort of like a, well, we got a a black man on the ticket. We don't want to rock the boat here. So maybe we pick a white man to balance this out. Or um, let's not look at so many women because, you know, it might be a little bit too much for the country to have a black man and a woman running on the same ticket. I mean, I don't think anyone really would have cared, but this is the type of like – insider insider
1: baseball speak that... That they're doing. ...that Democratic pe- yeah. people in charge do all the time. Also, he didn't have a lot of international experience, and Joe Biden has a lot right. of international experience from the Senate. But, I mean, I go back immediately to Kennedy and uh, LBJ. Yeah. Where it's like, you are going to be a controversial president. You need to pick somebody who is way different from you and can get stuff done on the Hill. Yeah. And LBJ was not a Northeastern... Democrat. No, indeed. Uh mm-hmm. I b- I would probably say he was a segregationalist when he started and only did what he did because he was like this is not my this is not my uh term. This yeah. is this is the our, our slain president's term and I'm going to finish what he started. So
0: Well, I mean, also I think it you know, uh LBJ if nothing else sort of had a a very in tune sense of how he would be placed within history. Yeah. All and sort of he's I good. Think, <laughs> no, he was yeah. very good at that. I he he, he, he I think he could read the room better than most. Yeah. Uh, which was the basis for his success. But uh, I, I would I would like to throw out one really that, I was off gonna the say,
1: wall. I wanted to get to your, because uh, Warren not being on the list has been, we discussed that. Yeah. But you have a really fitting pick. Yeah. By with by the standards that we have now set ourselves with, with these pick of five. Yeah. And I want to give you the floor so you can discuss and be judged solely on your own merits. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just hang with me. I know that, I know that
0: uh, a good degree of the Democratic Party who hears me say this is going to uh, argue that I'm way off base here. They're going to react exactly how I did. They're going to be very upset, but l- listen, to, listen to my point. Uh, we, the best case scenario for this election is that uh, we have a qualified woman uh, who has tons of experience in Washington... Uh, and is capable of taking over the job of the president on day one. And, preferably, somebody who isn't, you know, 70 years old would be great. Uh, And also, whenever Trump does eventually leave office, because, you know, if if it's this year or four years from now, God forbid, uh, we're going to have to have a serious conversation about how we bring this back together a little bit. Uh, Because it can't keep separating like it has. So in the honor of uh, trying to do what old presidents used to do to divide or to bring together a divided country, I say that Joe Biden picked Condoleezza Rice as his running mate. Uh, there is,
1: uh, now for I, our younger think, listeners, they may not know who that yeah. is.
0: <laughs> I, well, you know what? Uh, I will I will tell this. If you don't, uh, you should look into it because there's almost no woman in the history of the United States who's but more qualified to be president uh, for the amount of experience and uh the the nature by which she went up the ranks uh now rob and other people in the democratic caucus will say she's a war criminal also and a <laughs> certified war criminal yes yeah
1: she worked her way up in a government and then became a certified war criminal just like right. her boss yeah but we've Forgiven her boss. Yeah, I don't know if you saw him at John well, Lewis's they, funeral.
0: They also but. they also decided that they weren't going to charge any of these people. So yeah, clearly they were making some sort of determination that the war criminalist of it all was. Uh, that's kind of a weird word, but yeah, it's kind of word well. salad going on there. But you know, uh, the the the. Legality of it was basically tied to decisions you were making as a head of state and you sort of have some sort of qualified immunity from said decisions unless you go way over the line. And I think that was the at what we don't want to be the one defining the line right now, I think, was the the argument when Obama yeah. came in.
1: Uh, I listened to a podcast today about tear gas and yeah. how we can use it even though it's a violation of the Geneva convention and how they wove this story through history on how it's like, well, listen, it doesn't really apply and here's how. And then you're like, you understand how it's worse. You making that argument makes it worse. You're like, yeah, yeah. But legal. Well,
0: also, also the problem is that like, you know, if you look into any of these arguments of like what's legal and illegal, yeah. like it's like, You know, like, well, tear gas can't have a pin. If it has a pin in it, it's illegal. And it's just like,
1: all right, so we'll design tear gas without a pin.
0: And that is is essentially
1: what they did. Uh, And to the same token, I think there was a lot of, like, uh, Obama's administration saying, do we really want to spend capital on pressuring this thing that is marginally a war crime, very clearly morally a war crime, but... Listen, he had brown children in the Middle East he wanted to bomb too. So well, let me
0: let me let me just paint this for you. Cause if, if the goal is Biden has to become president, yeah. We can't do Trump again. There is going to have to be some sort of outreach that happens between Biden and the Democrats and the reasonable people who used to be Republicans who are now nothing feel like people without a party. Yeah. The Lincoln Project, I think, has illuminated the fact that there are a lot of people out there who have traditionally been Republican votes, who are not happy with how Trump is going, and, and not only not happy with Trump, but unhappy with everyone who's sort of ridden in his wake, because it's you know they're they're doing ads that are taking on McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Cory Gardner, Ted Cruz, yeah. Ben Sat, all these people, everyone's in the in the in the line of
1: sight. And Condoleezza Rice was a relatively liberal member of. George Bush's. Uh... And if you make the argument,
0: like, hey, listen, I want to bring this country together so badly that I am willing to have, as the person that I speak to most, somebody who I disagree with so fervently. Yeah. But we will have, I promise that we will have, like, really intense discussions about where we should be going together as a country. And I hope that the discussions that we have will help us bridge the divide between the other side before we even come up with a proposal. Like, we've already sort of, like, uh, done the negotiation before we even need to bring it to the floor and alleviate some of the pressure that comes with public negotiations. I I
1: mean, also, you put the pressure—if you don't take back the Senate, you put the pressure on the Senate to say, hey, we're bringing very moderate proposals here. Yeah. Are you really going to—you Republicans, are you really going to stand against this thing that my Republican vice president and I have negotiated? Well, I mean, like, you know,
0: it it would be a great opportunity for— Condi Rice to rewrite her history a little bit. Also, yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of those... You know, McCain talked about it. When when uh, McCain was looking for his uh, running mate, they went with uh, Palin because they needed a real flashy pick. Yeah. Uh, which was a mistake.
1: Also, a young, somebody young and full of energy because McCain yeah. was not either Well, of those and the,
0: the, the one who was going to get... Who, this close to being vice president was Joe Lieberman. Yeah. Uh, who was a Democrat. Eh. <laughs> who was... Uh, who is also kind of in the McCain vibe of a very mavericky yeah.
1: member uh, of their party. Controversial choice for, for Gore the election before. Yeah. Because people were like, he's, he's too conservative. Not even really a Democrat. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. uh, and the same thing was
0: sort of rumored within McCain. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I as much as I hate fucking Joe Lieberman, <laughs> I don't think that apparently he was very popular with those two. So
1: here's the problem, though. If you go with Condoleezza Rice or someone. I mean, honestly, uh, Kamala Harris is just left of center. Joe is just left of center. I mean,
0: I you know, honestly speaking, you know, it, as much as the Condolee or the Kamala Harris stands out there, are going to argue with me. There's not a whole lot of difference between
1: Condoleezza Rice. I mean, it's well, it's the the Experience are, in yeah. the executive where Condie has mean, far more experience.
0: I mean, Kamala tries to play herself off as this huge progressive figure but she's she's never had a vote that really no crystallizes that with any kind of you know like a talk is cheap if everything you're doing is voting right in line with what the the center left of the party is choosing to go so with.
1: that begs the question Condi rice kamala harris do you lose the left at the expense of trying to bring centrist republicans in well
0: the, the argument there is uh how many Democrats are we going to lose to pick up Republicans? Right. And is it worth it? Yeah. Uh, we had the conversation about Ted Yoho uh, calling AOC a fucking bitch. He, in his mind, did the calculus. This is not going to hurt me. This, yeah. is, I'm going to raise more money from this than I will lose.
1: It's going to hurt me nationally, but yeah. people will forget. But at home, they will always remember that I yeah. called her a bitch on TV. Yeah. yeah. And the
0: highly Republican district that I work in is going to give yeah. me more money for doing that. Yep. And even though that's an awful thing to do to another person,
1: I don't think he cares about that. I mean, the, you know, like <laughs> at a certain
0: point, like we're we're talking about adult issues, and and you know, like this is gonna yeah. this is gonna happen. Uh, I I I just are I just I I feel like there's some sort of way that if that came out, if it if it just came out tomorrow, like Condi Rice is the pick, that people would be so flabbergasted with the with the bipartisan nature of it mm-hmm. that I think a lot of Democrats would get in line with the. We're trying to come up with a way to get forward, to move forward. Trump can't even tell you why he wants to be reelected for president.
1: Yeah, I don't think he does. He doesn't. He 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 can't
0: give you three reasons why you should be reelected other than the economy is going to be great again on the other side. And, you know, Biden is saying, I'm literally making plans for us to fix this country. And there's no response to that from Trump. So if you the the idea being that if you brought in a Republican uh, to fill the second spot, Yeah. Or somebody who is uh, aligned with the Republican Party to fill that second spot, then maybe you would have a better chance of picking off Texas and North Carolina and Georgia and these other places where you're playing within the margins. You're looking you're looking promising. But, you know, a one point lead in Texas can easily evaporate, you know, pretty quickly. So
1: and uh, does that create one party? With the well, Republicans becoming the fringe. Well, I mean, right.
0: like I, 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 think it, it just sort of it, it, what it does more than anything is it it's trying to align everything that isn't Trumpism together, yeah, into one. Like we are going. This is the country that we're we're having going forward.
1: We'll we'll figure out our shit. Yeah, later. We're just getting rid of <laughs> when you the Republicans for now.
0: crash and burn. They can figure out their shit. Yeah. But right now, I'm going to do this. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, Vice President. Uh, famously the least important position in America unless the also president dies. Well, and like I, you, I wanted
1: a quick retort to you though. Yeah. Do you get those same Republican voters with someone like Timmy Duckworth where you can say soldier purple heart winner? She's actually relatively pro gun. Although she is like, I am where it's like, listen, I want you to have your guns. I just think maybe you should take like a couple of tests before <laughs> we just start giving out guns and maybe right. not everybody at Walmart can walk up and get one. Do you get the same bump from Republicans who are like looking for anyone to cling on to? And she's a soldier.
0: I mean, I I don't think Tammy Duckworth hurts you. I, I think that, you know, there there's more of a concern that you would you would you're spiting the the right side, the, the con- potential Republican voters who are willing to switch over the more left you go. Fair enough. Yeah. So, you no, know, even if one thing part about of, her, part appeals. of why Warren is not on the, on the power rankings right now is because she's too far left yeah. for a moderate Republican to go, well, I can't wait until Elizabeth Warren is a heartbeat yeah. away from presidency. You know, like
1: a Hillary Warren ticket with, might with actually the, work with
0: the Republicans. Yeah. Pence worked really great because he's a standard generic, you know, right off the factory line Republican. <laughs> thought like, you're going to say human being. Like, <laughs> he's, he was he was designed in a lab at the at the GOP yeah. to be a Republican in some form of government. So yeah. he's he just checked off that box. Uh and that's all the Republicans needed. They needed just somebody who was, you know, born of the same cloth.
1: If this crazy guy who we trust goes away, at least the guy behind him yeah. is a standard Republican. Right. And not uh, Sarah Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't have too much crazy on the same ticket. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of too much crazy going on at one time, I guess. Uh we're going to get into COVID news, uh, and there's unfortunately no good news about coronavirus right now. As you can see here next to me, we have breached 500, or five, sorry, 5 million cases as of today uh, with this number that you see, the 161, is actually low. We're actually up at about 165,000 deaths now, um, and I, I it feels kind of morose to keep... Kim- Talking about the uh, the number of cases, the number of deaths, but the reason I really wanted to talk about it this week is because we are approaching a very very important um, kind of uh, I don't. It's not really a deadline, I guess. It's a... what would you call it? A uh, a uh, a view into the future? No, yeah. I just <laughs> it's, it's a, a a number, a very important number. So I did the math, and if you calculate every military death from the beginning of our country, including the Revolutionary War, up to the Civil War, mm-hmm. and then skip over that, and everything from the Civil War to, the, to World War One, and then you skip after World War Two to everything to present. That number is one hundred sixty-eight thousand Americans dead yeah. in military activities, excluding those three wars, one of which was Americans on both sides. So it's like six hundred eighty thousand. It's a really high number. Uh, World War One was only one hundred sixteen thousand, so it's actually not that crazy. And then four hundred thousand in World War Two. That number is one hundred sixty-eight thousand. Yeah, we are at one hundred sixty-one thousand dead from one pandemic in one year, and I'm still seeing people post on social media everywhere. Oh, listen, it's all a hoax. It's not that bad. Healthy people survive. Yes. Well, healthy people survive,
0: <laughs> but health, a lot of people are not healthy. Sur- people are surviving right now. We yeah. don't know anything about what like. You could have the mild, you know, I had a weird headache and some diarrhea, and it was the coronavirus, apparently. Like, you could have one of those cases, yep.
1: and... Cancer, 20 years from now. Yeah,
0: you, don't, you, you know, like, the part of the bravery of, like, the 9-11 first responders was the fact that not only were they risking their lives to go in at that exact moment, where things could collapse on them, and yeah. there was, you know, like, all the danger, the fires, and the electrical problems that were going on at Ground Zero, but you knew that them going into all that soot and smoke and everything that goes along with it was going to have some sort of long-term effects. And we're not even, you know, 20 we're 20 years away from it, basically. Yep. And already a a huge number of those people have died already.
1: Oh, by the way, we uh, completely cut off funding for them. Yeah. Not paying them anything at all. So thanks, guys. So
0: so never forget, I guess. I mean, you know, but I I just... (laughs) To me, it just seems like we are, we are making such stark decisions about what we're, what's okay and what's not okay when we don't know the full you know, expanse of what, what's happening here. Yeah.
1: Like, and, and the argument I keep seeing, and I'm going to start from the beginning to say, you are right. The majority of people recover.
0: Yeah, right I, now.
1: I did the math. Based on the CDC numbers, there is a 3.3% mortality rate, which sounds very low. The problem is it's a 3% mortality rate of everyone who is a positive case. Yeah. Cases are at 5 million. You're like 3.3%, 160. That's not that much. If I extrapolate, because again, remember, no one is immune to this. This is a new disease. It's like Columbus coming into the Americas and being like, we've never had smallpox before. Many people died. Now, smallpox killed a lot more people. But if I extrapolate this 3.3% mortality rate to the entire U.S. population, it's 11 million people dead. Yeah. And at some point, you have to ask yourself, are you willing to say collateral damage of 11 million, 12 million people is acceptable? Yeah. And what do we get in exchange for that? Um, We get... Parties in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, we get going to stores without masks. I mean, if we would have handled this right from the beginning, uh, we would
0: be f- like pretty free and clear of this whole thing right now. I New mean, like, Zealand is wide
1: open. It's yeah. a normal day. They in haven't New Zealand had today. a case
0: in a hundred days. Yeah, they haven't had a case in a hundred days. So you know, yes, maybe somebody out in the hills has a case of. <laughs> As a case of coronavirus, and no. they're not getting tested or something like that. But I'm saying, like they they haven't had they
1: haven't found a case. There's well, no, you know why I know that's not true. Why? Because they're sending doctors oh, I out know. into the hills to test everybody. Oh, I know.
0: But I'm saying, like it, hypothetically, is there one person out there who might be might have it and they don't know? None. Yes, I, I I can't make promises here. The problem is that testing is so unreliable across the the scope mm-hmm. that you can't necessarily say this is the exact. Uh, you know, this is exactly what North Korea is dealing with right now in terms of coronavirus. Because yeah. who the fuck knows? Or Russia? Like uh, you know, China. All these countries. No, like, I, I. I don't trust all these numbers. I don't trust America's numbers right now, mostly because California is all fucked up. Yeah. But it, it. What What is just confounding to me right now is that it's not getting better. It's just worse than it. It. it It got slightly better for a small period of time and then went right back up and people are acting like it's just gone away. And that's the that's the problem is that like elsewhere in the world, like, you know, you can go into restaurants in Italy. You can you can live your life and like shop and do all the things
1: that you want to be doing. But like we just can't get past this. New Zealand has not had a new case in 100 days. What are the major differences between New Zealand and the United States? There are two of them. Well, I mean, they're an island. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Uh, so this, uh, but it, taking numbers for numbers' sake. Yeah. I mean, realistically, the the they have a woman president. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> whether or not you want to say that factors in it or not, but the woman president they have is also Is she competent. She is highly educated, <laughs> very competent. History and government. This uh, this seems like
0: it it's a a vast difference from what we're dealing with right yes. now. So
1: the other side of that equation is. When the, when it all started, she basically turned over control of the country to health experts and said, I will do whatever this takes. You tell me what to do. Well,
0: and it, I guess the thing that really upsets me the most about this whole thing is I've been playing by the rules. I've yeah. been trying to do my best. I've been, I you know, like I, I'm uh, definitely more guarded than most about this whole thing. But I think that that's a reasonable place to be from, a, a reasonable no we're the <laughs> nerds. of you we're <laughs> the
1: nerds doing all the work for the group project yeah but we're still getting the f it doesn't matter
0: i mean uh, to, to me it's just like uh, you know the, the biggest problem that we're dealing with is a people are not uh, understanding the the science behind the mask and how it can drastically help spread this spread the disease and if you if everyone would just play along for a little bit and just wear the mask and stop making a big fucking deal out of it we could get past this part two is the physical distancing thing. Yeah. Which I get it. It's annoying. I want to go home and see my family too. Yeah. I wanna to, I wanna do a flights lot of flights are
1: super cheap right now. Yeah,
0: I mean like there's a lot you know, like every single day I have a burning desire within me to go travel somewhere. You Las know? Vegas
1: specifically.
0: Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere where I can go that is not LA at the moment. Not because I don't like LA, but just because every so often I just need to get away from wherever I am.
1: How about this? I always feel like traveling around LA. I wouldn't go to Santa Monica or Venice or anything now. No, They basically think it's over. Out but there.
0: I mean, there are still people who are traveling into LA and doing, you know, like walking down Hollywood Boulevard without their mask and they're like, I'm from Georgia t-shirts. Yeah. And like, you know, it, the, the Vegas fucking exploded, right? And that's because they made no kind of, limits on who could come to vegas so everyone who was tired of being wherever they were where coronavirus was shutting down their estate yeah people in florida going like hey let's fly to vegas for the weekend it'll be great and then they have fun in vegas and then everyone gets sick and just leaves a week in nevada and then takes it to wherever they're going. And
1: before Vegas it was Nashville, because Tennessee right. said we are not shutting down. Nashville is open for business. Before that it was Florida. And like, you know, so on and so forth. And I, I just by the way, guys, it's an open book test and you're failing. <laughs> we continue to see what the example is and you're just like, why why don't we open? Look at them making money. But do you see what happens yeah. after that? Like, you have to wait
0: a little while to see. <laughs> well the other part is too that like people make such like you know, I feel like the the winner loser culture of our the way that we report these sort of things yeah. is so so off the wall, too. Like, I wasn't saying that, you know, like I, I I think over the course of this whole pandemic, I've been giving Gavin Newsom pretty high remarks uh, or pretty high marks for how he's been treating this thing. But it's always a you're only as good as your last game kind of, thing, you know, yeah. like. And I, I'm not saying that people that's why I was saying, like, don't crown Ron DeSantis because the cases are low in Florida right now. And he did the same. He went out on TV and he's just like, they said they were going to be here a month ago. Where's the cases? And then immediately got, got hammered cases. by cases. Yeah. I mean, like it, it, it's it, there's so much that's not known about this. And we have to. I, I, I'm really most most of anything. I'm just angry at Trump that he couldn't even bother to try and be the national dad yeah. kind of figure that we need. And it's not that, you know, like he had, it's a male thing, but it's just like- The parent, The be, parents. Be an adult <laughs> in the room. Be the one who's like, hey, this is really difficult, but we're all going to get through this together. America has never stopped. Anytime there has been an, been something that has been put for, before Americans like this, we have succeeded. But we've only done it when we've gotten together and fought for it as one. And the the fact that from the beginning this has felt like you know, like any political issue, like we're arguing about some abortion case yeah. or something like that. It's just fucking sickening. Like, and it, it's like, we need to just come together and get through this. Like, but
1: nobody seems to want to do that. And that's why well, I'm hugely discouraging. One other thing before we move on, it's an example you put forward and, and I've been working it over. Basically a human being can have 120, 100 to 120 acquaintances. And of that group, you have about 20 people that you are really close with and 50 that are regular friends. But let's just say, you know, and are acquainted with 100 people to round down for round number six. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, some people maybe have 80 people in their lives. Yeah.
1: But if, if you have 100, three of those people are going to die. Yeah. In this pandemic, because unless we get a vaccine in the next five or six months, inevitably everyone will get it or will get a vaccine one or the other one of those two things is going to be the inevitability three of those people who you know are going to die and i as i started to say earlier i accept the healthy people will survive absolutely we'll get it and we'll survive the problem is if i get it and i survive that's great if i get it and i give it to someone who then takes it home to their grandparent and that person dies yeah or takes it home to their sick brother Who's our age, well, but has a bad immune system, and they die. But, I mean, like, that's not even a guarantee. Like, you know, it
0: yes, the odds are lower that oh, I mean, somebody yeah. who's in their 30s is going to die kind of thing, or their 20s is going to die from it. But, so, you know, like, obviously, in the minds of the people who are partying up in the Hollywood Hills right yeah. now, the I'm idea good. is, like, I'm only dealing with 20-year-olds, so we're all going to be fine, even yeah. if one of us gets it. But that's not a a you know 100 you know children are now dying from it Mm -hmm. that you know people in their 20s and 30s are not immune from dying from it it's just less likely in georgia
1: teens and 20 year olds are the fastest growing group yeah but i mean like if if, you know if i
0: I think about it in terms of like the worst case scenario so like if you know you and rachel and roberto just died and i was all by myself and like yeah you know, with nobody kind of thing. And I I, I I, couldn't even imagine how I would
1: move on from
0: that moment. Like, it would it would, it would, would hit me so hard, I don't even know how I would handle oh, it. Oh, uh, what thing. you
1: would do is you would uh, take uh, some of our uh, uh, dirty tissues and dissolve them in water and just start going around and spraying people in the face who weren't <laughs> wearing, which I believe I suggested earlier yeah. this year as a penalty for not wearing your mask. Yeah. I still stand by that. I think that would mm-hmm. be good. But uh, I, one of the things I cut you off earlier, because we I want to talk about Gavin Newsom and why we can't even be sure that that five million hundred and sixty thousand is accurate at this point. Right. I, I
0: saw I uh, saw a tweet coming up not too not too long ago saying California or L.A. was at X amount of deaths. So
1: we're killing it. For, it's well, five thousand. We just hit five
0: thousand. Some, yeah, something like that. And it was just like five thousand. But we're not sure or the cases i'm sorry not deaths oh. uh cases where it was just like we've just reached 200,000 or something like that but we don't know if that's going to be accurate once the like the head the sub part of the headline was yeah. we don't know if these numbers are accurate so we don't even really necessarily know the the uh total scope of what's going on right now so this next week is going to be very interesting in that regard i figured it would be this week because the. At some point, Kevin Newsom would have to say something in front of a camera. He can only help himself for so long. Uh, well, but he's already <laughs> sewn into the suit. So.
1: <laughs>
0: maybe the, maybe uh, he's had trouble getting new suits sewn in or flown in uh, during this week, so he didn't want to have the news conference. You know, Can't be wearing last week's fashion. I've got to
1: call Alexander McQueen. They care <laughs>
0: that Steve McQueen is the uh, – or no, what's the, what's the uh, uh, fashion designer?
1: You are asking the wrong person. <laughs> There's something I don't know if you noticed. I'm wearing the same black t-shirts that I've been wearing from for the Walmart last few collection. This yeah. is, no, this is from the J.C. collection, <laughs> along with my J.C. shorts and the same shoes I've been wearing for the last year. So, yeah, you know, I'm but not the fashion guy.
0: <laughs> the the uh, head of the
1: Department of Health is that the? Yeah, she is the health director, the public yeah. health director
0: uh, for the state of California. Has stepped down. Over the weekend. Yeah. Nice nice news dump. That was nice. And uh, basically what we know so far is that there was some sort of switch to the way that numbers were being reported from labs at a certain point. They want to say it was like two to three weeks ago, but there's also rumblings that it's way before that as well. I suspect
1: it was probably earlier.
0: Uh, So much so that, uh, you know, Garcetti was basically like, I don't know if any of my numbers are correct, so I can't really answer to that question, uh which is making me seem that this might have been a more serious problem from longer in scope than we're we're expecting,
1: yeah, because by the way, the Garcetti doesn't have numbers, yeah, he gets the numbers from the state because everybody sends them right. to the state, they send them back to him, and yeah, he assumes they're correct, but basically
0: like two of the biggest labs have not been reporting numbers. Uh, to the central database or something something along this these lines is happening yeah so there's a lot of questions about how accurate any of the numbers that have been reported this entire time are from california and uh you know newsom seems to be saying anytime he's asked like you know like i'm i'm the person in charge and the buck stops here and all that sort of stuff (laughs) but he's also not taking (laughs) good He was the guy who was out there every single day, like Cuomo, handling these press conferences, talking about everything California's doing. Like, oh, the cases are up, cases are down. Like, good news, bad news. He was out there doing the thing. We, Been real we quiet were, though. We were giving him a lot of credit for that, yeah. uh, but literally this week, it's like he just disappeared off the face of the earth. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, it, it, your your role when you when you become governor, you should be saying to yourself. At some point, I'm going to have to tell everybody something really bad. I'm going to have to deliver some bad news, and I can't just hide from it, like Stephanie Rawlings-Blake is was say, to the he, county during the Maybe he should run, to, run for
1: mayor of Baltimore. That seems to be the, <laughs> the rule of business out there. But, uh, you know, it's... Uh, well, my understanding is it's about security certificates reporting into the database. Yeah. Now, here is the, the scary bit of it, is that the labs are national labs, national companies. Mm-hmm. And the people who built California's database built other states' databases. Yeah. So is there a chance that other states also have expired certificates, haven't checked, don't know, and are just not getting results? That the computers throw in results, but they hit the gateway that says, hey, where's your certificate? Nope. Okay. And that's it. And they don't go enter. And that the numbers are far worse than we know. Because, by the way, if you tested positive, I don't know that you got your results back either. At what step do you get the result? Is it after it goes to the state and it's confirmed? I don't see that's the part
0: I don't get cuz like I don't know. I feel like people have been getting results this past week, right? Like But it's a,
1: it's it's only a couple of like the last. It's like from
0: the lab to the to the person, right? Like
1: and, and that's that's the thing for me. It's like I don't know if the whole it's been so like there's such a backlog is really it's a backlog or if the results never made it to the state so you never, you know, at logic gate Go to the state. We get the check back from the state that says, yeah, we confirmed it. Then you get the email. Maybe they're just sitting somewhere because they never got the check back from the database that said they, uh, confirmed. And all these people are sitting there like, how did you get yours back in two days? I've been waiting three weeks. Yeah. Because your result never made it to the state lab. Yeah. I, I, all of these things are possible. It seems like something Gavin Newsom would be great at addressing right now. Yeah. What is the problem <laughs> and how, how long ranging is it?
0: Well, I, I think, in my mind, the reason why he's not saying anything is because he doesn't want to say something that he doesn't know for sure isn't the truth. Especially so, if it's worse. He doesn't yeah, want like, to say something worse than it well, actually Well, also, is. he doesn't want to come out and say, like, you know, like, oh, we found out that one lab and, you know, <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga is not you know properly giving us results yeah. so the the numbers are a little bit swayed because of that like turns out it's dodger stadium and well, he doesn't, like, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to say it's just this one lab no big deal and then find out that literally the entire state is like because then he just looks like a fucking idiot yeah. if he goes out there and says you know it's just this one lab and it's everywhere uh so i have to imagine that he's trying to uh cross his t's and dot his eyes here and make sure that everything's Truly as accurate as it can be right now, but... Yeah,
1: but he's pulling a real Rawlings Blake, if you know what I mean. Just...
0: <laughs> just escaping to the county. Just when- <laughs> hiding out in
1: Sacramento. Uh, but yeah, so I, we'll, we'll continue to talk about this. I imagine that we're likely to get the confirmed figures, but yeah. again, my concern is we don't know anything about California now for sure. Yeah. And does this affect any other states? Does it affect the the national numbers? What do we know? And is there a chance that Florida... Who, by the way, again we've talked about before, hit the total number that South Korea hit the entire time in one day. Yeah, is there a chance that's just not an accurate number and it was way higher than it actually was? Yeah, we don't, we no idea, right? Because, uh, by the way, as much to as we, continued. As much as I, uh, we we give a lot of shit to Gavin Newsom, he'll come forward eventually and claim it. Ron DeSantis absolutely will not. <laughs> we will never know. It'll be the next governor who talks about how the numbers were so wrong. Yeah. So. Or just
0: blame it on a hurricane. Or something like, yeah, we yeah, had it yeah, under yeah. control and then the hurricane threw it all around. The coronavirus is everywhere now.
1: Yeah, the numbers were the numbers <laughs> were up in the cloud. They keep telling <laughs> me they're up in the cloud, but then the hurricane came in. <laughs> and <it just> screwed <laughs> The up. clouds dissipated. Up. <laughs> well, and now we get to do... Which is really my, my favorite thing about this episode thus far. Um, because we've run so long, let's lightning round the Trump news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing
0: important coming from the President of the United States anymore.
1: Hmm, unfortunately, uh, I, I would say that that's not true, but it, it uh, actually is uh, not too far off base, I don't think. Uh, because really the question is, will anything he's doing actually stick? That's yeah. the question. Well, so (laughs) I love the big sigh right before you get started. (laughs) Well, all right, Denzel. Come on, let's hear it. So Trump
0: made uh, four executive orders this past weekend to relate to the ever-growing divide between the Democrats and the Republicans on the Hill on the next round of coronavirus uh, money to be dispersed out to people, mostly. The argument was over the expanded unemployment, the six hundred dollars that the American people had been getting. Uh, Trump's executive order will take that down to four hundred dollars, uh, which there's a lot of questions about how that money happens and how it's dispersed or when it will be available or any of that sort of stuff. But who's paying it? Who's paying it? Because the <laughs> I don't know if you know how government works, but the Congress determines how money is spent. So
1: well, also twenty five percent's got to come in the states. Yeah, we, we're not talk to at all yeah we not prepared to
0: pay 25 percent <laughs> of that bill uh the the other part was the the moratorium on evictions which is less of a moratorium and more of a hey guys come on be cool about it <laughs> uh, um and then there's the uh, he was talking about uh payroll tax uh not uh not eliminating it, but sort of deferring the cost. Yeah,
1: it's a, a moratorium so, on yeah. the uh, payroll tax.
0: Basically, if Rob makes 20 if $20 of Rob's check goes to Social Security right now, he won't have to pay that on every check. Like, it won't come out of every check, but every single... Do- right now. It won't yeah. come out right now. Every single yeah. dollar of that will eventually have to be paid <laughs> later uh, after this whole thing is wrapped up. So, so. It's a
1: fun thing for me, because I am still working right now... Yeah. Great. Extra few bucks now. And then right around Christmas time, when, you know, I need more money for Christmas gifts is likely the time that it'll be like, by the way, uh, by the way, you know, that social security for half a year costs you about seven hundred dollars. Weird. Give us the money. Yes. Or they'll just honestly take it out of my my tax return next year because I don't get those anyway. So just go ahead. Tell me I owe it in the tax return. So I'll be like, all right, then my typical tax return is hmm. $650. $650. I don't get that anyway. I mean, t- You're going to take that. To be fair,
0: the only thing about this whole, the, any of these uh, executive orders which seem to be good for most people is that uh, federal student loan deferral is, you know, being extended by this. But that seems to be the only thing that really has has the legs. Because I, I don't know if you know about this Trump guy, but he doesn't plan very well. No, no. Like, so he just sort of says it's going to be $400, and uh, the... Questions start raising of like, well, how does that get paid? And then like some of it might be FEMA and some of it's coming from the states. But there, there's not a roadmap from how we get from where we are right now to where we need to be. And in the meantime, people who have been holding on for dear life on their $600 a week, which is, by the way, $15 an hour, 40 hours a week. So this is what we've been pushing for as like a reasonable yeah. amount of money that... Uh, someone can live off of somebody who's making more than six hundred dollars a week and is not working right now is surviving off of this. Mm-hmm. People who are making less and are you know living a better life, they should be making this much at any job in America. Yeah. Uh, especially if you live in, I, you know, I California really or New York or any. If Florida only there was a
1: presidential candidate calling for raising the minimum wage too. Not <laughs> Weird. Oh, yeah. yeah. Robch for president. dot
0: com well, there was also the bernie plan too which we didn't get into here it, it hasn't really gotten as popular as i think Bob yeah. would like it to be but basically any billionaire who has made more than a billion dollars since the pandemic started has to give 60 percent of it up to help pay for the costs.
1: i'm only the- supporting that if he calls it the <laughs> pandemic penalty that's that's what i <laughs> wanted to be caught
0: but i mean it's basically just like you know stealing a bunch of uh uh, Bezos's money, which he's just stealing from the people that work for him. So
1: you are profiteering off tragedy right now. Yeah, And so we're going to take that money and we're going to give it back to people. I mean,
0: the argument of how much is somebody profiteering off of a business designed around internet commerce before anyone else was like Uh, anyone could have, could have prepared themselves for an internet based
1: world. This is why we need Elizabeth Warren as VP. (laughs) So, uh, she's in charge of the Senate. That's what I really want. Uh, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so the, what's going to happen with the stimulus? Who knows? This really started, the reality of it is, the, de- the Democrats and the Republicans felt seemed very far apart. Trump chose a position that was a small give for the Republicans and a big give for the Democrats and said, if you don't come to an agreement, this is what I'm going to do. To basically force the Democrats to give a lot of ground, something that was a little better or better than what Trump was offering. But then they didn't. And Trump is forced to be like, okay, well, I threatened this, so now I'm going to do it. To me,
0: in my mind, it's not really so much a Democrat-Republican issue. There's certainly a level of McConnell wanted that number to be as low as possible. Schumer wants it to be as high as possible. We're going to try and meet somewhere in the middle, and the jockeying over how much that is going to be is going to be based off of how well these two sides can negotiate. But the other problem is that within the Republican caucus specifically, you have people who are now all of a sudden really worried about the national debt. All of a sudden. So like Ted Weird. Cruz and stuff like that, who was totally fine with giving me $1.9 trillion last year to
1: uh, help
0: the rich top people. 1% yeah.
1: of 1%. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, he is uh, now astounded that we would spend $2 trillion to help bail out people who are impacted by a pandemic.
1: Yeah, by the way, I mean, multi-millionaires like, telling you th- you can't survive. Ted Cruz makes $3,000 a week.
0: Yeah. Whether or not he's in session or not, he's making $3,000 a week, so... You know, I, I don't make $3,000 a week, most weeks. I mean, listen, <laughs> citizens
1: of Texas, if you don't make that, you can easily find out T- Ted Cruz's address and go discuss with him uh, on his Have front lawn. Have a candlelight vigil on his front la- yeah. lawn. Yeah, I would just really love to see 100, 200, 300 people show up and be like, Hey, Ted, so Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz <laughs> you make 3000 a week. You're trying to keep me from making 600 a week, Yeah, which, by the way, is $15 an hour with taxes taken out. Uh, so explain <laughs> I don't know
0: I, I, I'm just so uh, the, the Republicans have to figure out whether or not they want to be the party that helps people get through this or mm-hmm. whether or not they want to be the party that cuts uh, the response to pandemic related
1: <laughs> I've got a spoiler alert for you Corey well I know where which way they they're don't gonna go but, be the
0: <laughs> who help. but I'm saying like you know in normally we wouldn't have to say uh This is going to be bad for them in an election year, but it's an election year. And a lot of these people have to think about, like, getting reelected. So I I wonder how much the Republicans are misreading the room here because it's a lot of people who are unemployed right now. Uh, I think the 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 thing that uh, this is this stimulus money is impacting 20 million Americans right now. Uh, That is. It doesn't sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's a lot of people. And it's a lot of people who are just literally just trying to figure out how to keep their life going until they can see the other side of
1: this. Yes, yeah. because by the way, we, we still can't see the other side. We yeah, don't like no at all. Uh, and I, and if you're w- wondering how out of touch someone might be, I'll remind you, there was once a ruler who said, "Oh, they don't have bread. Well, why don't they eat cake?" <laughs> And I think that the Republicans of today are bordering on... The let them eat cake. uh, Marie Antoinette levels of being out of touch with reality. Just like, well, wait, why don't they go to their dad and ask for, like, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollar loan to get them through this rough time? I don't understand. Um, Yeah, Why don't they put in for PPP protection? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, you see, I'm only one man. I work at a Denny's. Oh, and and just, uh, you know, we mentioned the... uh, uh, we, we don't know where the other side is. Yeah. And I just feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that six months ago today yeah. was Trump's infamous uh, speech where he said, it's all going to work out fine. It'll get warm in April or something and it'll disappear. It'll be like a miracle. Yeah. And it was 90 today in LA. Yeah. I sweat so much coming here. Not, not, not getting rid of it yeah Duh. the heat is
0: definitely not getting rid of it
1: didn't disappear like a miracle uh,
0: this is this is part of the maybe you shouldn't put out com or put out statements that you don't know are factually accurate because uh, just then it just
1: comes back trump should not speak from the cuff at all because no. nothing good i mean listen if they write the speech for him he can't actually speak the words that they write right don't speak from the cuff at yeah, all yeah, yeah definitely not but
0: well I, I think we have an example of him not being able to speak off the off the script yeah that I, again him, right? it, this is
1: not so much news but it, it's just funny and yeah. uh i just want to make sure that everyone uh gets a chance to see this this is of course the president talking about his uh his he's not he his set, love of america no he set mm-hmm. aside some additional land uh for the national parks yeah um acting, by the way, as if he was Teddy Roosevelt, creating these huge swaths of country, and apparently he added like a few hundred acres to the national park. But uh, this is him speaking about that incident. We want every American child to have access to pristine
0: outdoor spaces. When young Americans experience the breathtaking beauty of the Grand Canyon, when their eyes widen in amazement as old faithful burst into the sky, when they gaze upon... Yosemites, Yosemites, towering sequoias. Their love of country grows stronger, and they know that every American has truly a duty to preserve this wondrous inheritance. My love of country has definitely grown stronger. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. There's some sort of chemistry in the air when he says Yosemites. That's yeah, right. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, it just makes me
1: love America so much more than I did right before it happened. Well, I'll tell you, it upsets me because I thought I really knew the National Park System. But yeah, this is a park I am not aware of, and I really want to go visit Yosemite it's in national California. Park. You is should, it? Yeah. Ah, oh, man, we got to go check out Yosemite National Park. You've never heard of the Sequoias? I, I mean, I know the Sequoias, but uh, I've never heard of this particular park. I don't. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, so
0: the, there's a little bit of controversy about this. Okay. Because all right. Yeah. The locals, you know, they have their own dialect and stuff like mm-hmm. that, so they they pronounce it a little bit different. It's
1: Yosemite. Oh, you, by locals you mean Americans? Yeah, all other lit, Americans. Yeah, people, okay.
0: people who didn't grow up in Queens. That's okay, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's I exactly say, how they try and pronounce it. You, you, you. People of who course, grew up in Queens and didn't have a second grade education. Those are the people. Who,
1: you're, you're aware, of course, of the very infamous uh, Looney Tunes character Yosemite Sam. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, by the way, how can? It, it's not as if there aren't a thousand references to this that you could pull from, and my we discussed this before the show. I think it's both of our favorite parts is the fact that he goes back. He yeah. goes back to say it a second time. And then basically I see it inside his head well, him saying like, no, 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 you were right the first time. And then just, well, says
0: he says, he says, Yosemite And then he says, yo, Oh, is
1: that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's
0: yeah. almost like he's, I, for a minute there I think he maybe saw it Like anti-semitic Or something or Like semitic Because like Ooh watch that word I know that he's word He's like wait a minute Hold on that's not the one This is not the right speech <laughs> Get out of here
1: People have called yeah. me that before <laughs> I, I know that term uh, Wait Oh no Okay You Okay yeah. got it Yeah um, By the way uh, Just referring to My cartoon president <laughs> Trump is the president Yes we had an election We elected him president uh, That's it That's the guy leading us through the pandemic. I, I just can't, like,
0: could you imagine if uh, in an alternate, like, if uh, you remember Dan Quayle misspelled potato yeah. and it ended his career? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: just like one day. Like, this guy can't be vice president. <laughs> one, one day president. Dan Quayle
0: was vice president. The next day he was, like, working at a fucking Denny somewhere. Like, it was it was over. He might as well have been on the moon. Like, he was. And, by the way. By, and, and, and you know what? Honest to God, a spelling error that. I bet you a lot of people would make and not even think twice about it.
1: It's spelling here that a lot of people made fun of him for, but then, like, small potato. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> And he wrote it on the board. He put, I think it was chalk or it was like a whiteboard and he put down the marker and he stopped and he turned and looked at it and he was like, I know that's wrong, but I've <laughs> come too far now. The <laughs> chalk's already down. And then he turned around and went and like went about his business. Yeah. And this is like, at least he had the forethought to be like, shit (laughs) that's definitely wrong yeah yeah i screwed that but i mean like
0: if he could have just looked at it he's just like wait a minute what did i do then people would have been like oh okay so he recognized yeah
1: but uh (laughs) maybe a little bit of trump in him like i'm not gonna apologize (laughs) people will be the
0: the documentary on dan Quayle's fall from grace for misspelling potato like it's it's incredible and the fact that that could you imagine if like you know the if the gore versus bush election like if bush had just sort of been like I've been all over this country. I've been Miami. It's just like that way. Where?
1: Howard Dean saddle. Howard Dean ran for president. (laughs) Fell out of the top spot because he got so excited about winning New Hampshire that he went. At the end of his speech. And we're like, this guy is unstable. We cannot have him as president.
0: (laughs) How much it is Howard D.C. Presen- at home
1: like these motherfuckers? He can't be president,
0: but he can be the head of the DNC for like a decade. Well, Democrats, <laughs> yeah. Like we, we trust
1: him with the organization, not just as the head of it. Uh, Walter Mondale yeah. rode in a tank, looked very much like a badass, but then at the end of the ride popped his head out and looked very much like a woodchuck coming out of the ground <laughs> with a helmet. Automatically, we're like, eh, I don't yeah. like that guy. Ronnie looks like a leader. This guy doesn't look like a leader. And now we got a guy who can't tie his own tie without it being like two feet too long. <laughs> What has happened to this country?
0: I mean, we we could we could get into it, but it would take a while. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've already we're already
1: already pushing a little bit. We've gone pretty long today already. uh, The the last little bit here, you had. uh, Oh yeah, Uh, another side note for those uh, who may be following along today: Uh, the executive's orders, the four of them, separate ones signed today, were numbers one seventy-two through one seventy-five, and at this point in his can in his administration. He has signed 175 executive orders, and uh, this is how I walked Corey through it earlier. Yeah. If you remember, he ran talking about how Obama was trying to be a dictator, a king, and ruling by executive order. Yeah. And at this point in his administration, Obama had signed 131 executive orders. Yeah. And I found a really cool clip, and I wish I could have found like, the clip itself, but it was really just talking heads, talking about the clip of, um, oh, damn, not Harry Reid, uh, Wisconsin. Paul, Paul Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying, like, uh, listen, he's, he's using force against protesters. He's trying to quash dissent. He's using executive orders to get things done. He is, in all ways, a dictator. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> About that. Uh, I'll just remind you, uh, Trump used tear gas and federal troops to clear a plaza to walk across and hold up a Bible, which he does not believe in at all, yeah. for a photo op. Yeah. before his 172nd through 5th executive orders
0: and then bush and i mean granted most of these executive orders have just been getting rid of what obama did yeah there was a lot there was a lot of
1: uh <laughs> and the problem is that he did like executive order 72 but he misspelled I mean, something we're so probably to like, gonna have to have we're probably gonna have a ser-
0: similar conversa- conversation of joe biden gets elected because he'll just end up putting all those one
1: executive orders back when i see I, he's a real legislator and i think he's just gonna do number one is just like Anything Just with this bill. signature yeah. on it, and he'll copy and paste the signature. No longer, no longer good law. And then <laughs> we'll cover it all in one, and we'll get out, get out of the way. But uh, yeah, it, it, it. So he attacked him about executive orders. We've now exceeded executive orders, which led me down a rabbit hole because I was like, there was one other big issue, and it wasn't being born in America. That was during Obama's yeah. run, not his own. It was how much and Obama that was Trump's
0: doing too. So. Yeah,
1: uh, is how much Obama golfed, and I was like. I wonder somebody has had to do this math, right? Mm. Turns out at this point in his administration, Trump has golfed two and one half times more hours, not days, because by the way, Obama would sneak away for a nine hole set in the afternoon and go back to work. Yeah. Trump flies to Mar-a-Lago for a weekend of golf and then comes back. So he was talking about how he's not even available when we need him when when obama was in virginia yeah 20 minutes away doing uh, the back nine somewhere and he's done two and a half times more hours of golf yeah so
0: yeah (laughs) just let that resonate with you that's that's rob doesn't even play golf if you're thinking about a president if you're tired of this and you you want your president's not playing golf rob won't do it he just he doesn't even have clubs how no, he do I, it? I I, I don't he'd play have any to, sports. He'd have to rent clubs from the from the club that he goes to. Like yeah, that's how that's how low. Maybe somebody would gift him some
1: clubs. Uh, listen, I'm maybe, not trying. Maybe am... the
0: NRA through Alexander <laughs> McQueen will give you some clubs.
1: I am not taking have your you... <laughs> corporate clubs, Corey. Right no, uh, but what I do, uh, I, it's very infamous, I suppose. I, I watch movies, but as we've talked about before, I can watch a movie while doing other things yeah so i can govern while watching don't worry he can watch palm springs and read his daily
0: briefing at the same time it's not going to affect him he's
1: seen me do it yeah clearly (laughs) it's been out there uh then the only other uh the only other hobby i have is Fallout four and i mean frankly i don't know that by january 2020 we're not going to have some sort of nuclear fallout situation (laughs) so really i consider that prep prep for the job that may be in the future
0: I would worry about one thing falling down if you went into the Oval Office.
1: What's that?
0: Oh, com. Corey, the, oh, the Anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's the number again? 443-219-7595. And you can find me at my website, dot Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendsDB5 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, until uh, that's banned from the country. <laughs> so enjoy it now, you motherfuckers. Too much news. <laughs> uh... I have the review for Palm Springs up right now. If you are one of those people who always said, I want to make a movie and have it sell big at Sundance, Palm Springs sold for more money than any other film in the history of Sundance, and we are not talking about it the same way we talked about Reservoir Dogs or you know any of the other big Sundance favorites. So go check that out because I think it's enlightening for both people who enjoyed the movie and uh, for people in the industry who are looking to learn something from it.
1: Do you have a preview of anything else coming up?
0: Not right away, but I'm going to see something before Thursday and release a video of that. <laughs> the problem is that, like, at, at what point do I, like... So, I want to try and keep it with new things, yeah. right? Yeah, I don't want to do so many of the classic reviews, because then I have to make a decision as to what review...
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to like, pull a Rob and just start doing Quibby shows.
0: Well, <laughs> it's not even that. It's just the... the I don't want to... You know, I feel like the next one says something about me as a person. So if I do like Josie and the Pussycats, are everyone going to be like, what the hell is wrong with Corey? <laughs> mm,
1: yeah, I guess. Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, of course, you can check out RobertAncheek.com where you can find links to uh, the YouTube channel uh, where I have the Everyman Movie Review, uh, two episodes a week, no matter what, uh, so- Thursday and one day in between. Um, I am realizing as I sit here now, I don't think the Sunday episode went up, so that'll go up tonight. Uh, <laughs> so as you're listening to this, it's actually live, uh, unless you're watching us live right now. Uh, but uh, I am, I wrapped up on some final Quibi shows, uh, the overall platform uh, review, I suppose. And then I'm moving on. Now I have 7,500 coming up. I have Palm Springs coming up. And I think this is the interesting thing about our two review sets, just to bring Corey back in here for a second, because you are definitely going to be talking about the sale at Sundance, the I saw several moments in there where I'm like, I know Corey commented about that in his review. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the filmmaking aspect of it. There's one point where they're shooting into a camera to get the third character. And I was just like, ah, I don't even know how they did this. I don't mm. know if you talked about it. I review. didn't, but okay.
0: that's a that's a good point. That's- I I uh I think it's uh, what I'm trying to aim my my filter at more is like uh, somebody who wants to make movies and is watching movies and they're saying to themselves, how does this happen? So uh, something like that is good for me to know because then mm-hmm. I can put it in in the future. And I don't th- want to get too inside baseball because I feel like people don't know the basics of how it works and it's, it's difficult to explain like, you know, like
1: so how they do with Dolly Crane here. <laughs> like well, no, the- I, I got, I got very, I had an awkward feeling during the scene and I realized it was because one of the people who looks like they're sitting there was actually shot in a mirror mm, and they're sitting yeah, yeah, yeah. next to camera. And I'm like, so everything feels weird because they're in between these two people, but there's nothing really in between them. And yeah. It was. Anyway, Corey does the artistic aspects of it, what we might call the Coastal Elites reviews. Yeah. And I do the. Hey, that was a good movie. Um, yeah, you, you should, should see, see it. it. If you are if you think it's funny, you should go see it. It's more of the, uh, the flyover country <laughs> review. Uh, but you can find that on YouTube, uh, as well as links to the books, which are available on Amazon. Buy Rob's books. Thank you. And, of course, uh, just a quick plug, uh, robcheekforpresident.com, at Rob Cheek, uh, for robcheekforpres, P-R-E-S, on all your social media. You can find links to all the stuff we're doing with the campaign and building out that website Every almost every single day. New stuff is going up there, so you can find out more of the platform there
0: excelsior excelsior all right well i think we've done good here today
1: uh, well <laughs> we've done something i don't know if it's good but as always you're listening to the o the anthem podcast part of the o the anthem digital network for Corey, this is rob have a great week everybody
0: and seriously uh the ground crew should take the l for that one
1: i'm sorry i, I just
0: i don't know what else to say about it the, well, the national should have lost that game going to be an the official rule. game it's an official game as soon as it gets past five and a half. I don't understand why we're not.
1: If that, if that's a rule, the whole country needs to take an L for last November 20, 2016. <laughs> all right.
0: That's, we got the tarp wrong in that one. That's really sure. n-
1: did nail the tarp on that one.